What is going on, Dorney's Vinyl podcast listeners? Welcome back to episode 13 of season 5 of Dorney's Vinyl. If you are new to this podcast, if this is the first podcast or one of the first podcasts that you're listening to, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. You picked a good one. I will say that every week when I do podcasts that you picked a good one, but you picked a good one. Uh, I will give a brief rundown, kind of, of, of my podcast, but I would highly recommend going back and listening to the Season 5 trailer, just to hear a little bit more if you're interested. But this is a weekly podcast. Every odd-numbered podcast is an album review. Every even-numbered podcast is what I call an EP extra podcast. Half of those even podcasts are games guest starring my wife, and the other half of them are uh, just little tidbits of information. Last week's Tidbit of information was a book review on Bruce Springsteen's autobiography, Born to Run. Um, and some other ones have been Rock and Roll Hall of Fames, Rankums, and things like that. But we'll get into today's podcast, which is an album podcast, but it's a little bit different from previous album podcasts because we're reviewing, or I'm reviewing a soundtrack album. And as you can see from the title, which is probably one of the reasons why you, you clicked into this podcast. It's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So I do the the uh, the soundtrack album reviews a little bit differently. I talk a little bit about the movie, the cast, the movie history. And then I talk about the soundtrack, the personnel on the soundtrack, and the track listing. So I, I figure I might as well just get into this. So the Rocky Horror Picture Show. A little bit about it. It was released in 1975. It was directed by Jim Sharman. And the screenplay was written by Charmin and Richard O'Brien, based on the musical that was written by O'Brien. The premise of the movie is that a newly engaged couple have a breakdown in an isolated area and must seek shelter at the bizarre residence of Dr. Frankenfurter. The cast for the Rocky Horror Picture Show stars Tim Curry as Dr. Frankenfurter, Susan Sarandon as Janet Weiss, Barry Bostwick as Brad Majors, Richard O'Brien as Riff Raff, Patricia Quinn as Magenta, Nell Campbell, also known as Little Nell, as Columbia, Jonathan Adams as Dr. Everett V. Scott, Peter Hinwood as Rocky Horror, Meatloaf as Eddie, and Charles Gray as The Criminologist. So now the movie history. In the early 1970s, Richard O'Brien was living in London as an unemployed actor, he wrote the Rocky Horror Show one winter to occupy himself. O'Brien shared the script with Jim Sharman, who agreed to direct the show in a small 60-seat theater. The show eventually found larger theaters, as well as making its U.S. debut in 1974 in Los Angeles before premiering on Broadway. Filming for the movie began in 1974, with most of the cast from the original London stage production kept their roles. Critical reception for the film. At first, the film was mostly ignored, but it later gained a cult following and had favorable reviews. It has, surprisingly to me at least, a 79% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, with the consensus review saying, quote, Rocky Horror Picture Show brings its quirky characters in tight, it's the narrative thrust that really drives audiences insane and keeps them doing the time warp again, end quote. So now the soundtrack for the film. It was released with the movie in 1975. 
Following its initial release, the album was not successful, and it was deleted everywhere but Canada. Marty Scott of Gem Records obtained a licensing agreement from Lou Adler, who allowed the album to be imported to the United States. Eventually, the soundtrack went on to peak at number 49 in the United States, with William Ruhlman of All Music rating it 5 out of 5 stars, writing retrospectively, quote, The film version resequenced the songs and reassigned some of the vocals, but it all worked out fine. The strings that were added to ballads like Science Fiction Double Feature only improved them. The rockers rocked out. And Rocky Horror's potential as a witty parody of cheap movies, rock and roll, and sexual mores was fully realized, end quote. And the soundtrack would certify gold in Australia. So now, the personnel for this soundtrack album. It features Count Ian Blair on electric and acoustic guitars, Mick Grabham on electric guitar, Dave Wintour on bass guitar, E.J. Wilson on drums, Will Kenzie on the saxophone, John Bundrick on keyboards, Marty Briley, Helen Chappelle, Brian Engel, Barry St. John, Liza Strike, Claire Torrey on backing vocals, and the album was produced by Richard Hartley. Now, getting into the track listing for the album. So all of the tracks were written by Richard O'Brien. Track one is Science Fiction Double Feature. It was performed by Richard O'Brien. The lyrics to the song consist of fragments from 1950s sub-genre horror and science fiction films, similar to the style of poems that were written by Tristan Zara. Some of the things referenced include King Kong, The Invisible Man, and The Day the Earth Stood Still. Originally, the plan for the film during the song was to have movie clips play during their mention in the song. So, for example, when the lyric of King Kong was said, they wanted to have a clip of King Kong. However, this was too costly, so they instead went with a disembodied mouth against a black backdrop singing them. Track two is Damn It, Janet. It was performed by Barry Bostwick and Susan Sarandon. The phrase has become pop culture lexicon, with Bostwick saying, quote, For as long as I live, people will be coming up to me and asking me to say, Damn it, Janet, I love you. Track three is Over at the Frankenstein Place, which was performed by Bostwick, Sarandon, and O'Brien. Track four is Time Warp which was performed by O'Brien, Patricia Quinn, and Little Nell. The song was written as both an example and a parody of the dance song genre, with most of the lyrics consisting of dance step instructions. While it was uncharted in the U.S. and the U.K., the song peaked at number 12 in South Africa and number 3 in Australia, and it would actually certify silver with 200,000 copies sold in the U.K., the song has been used numerous times in, in different pop culture areas, including by The Simpsons, The Drew Carey Show, Jane the Virgin, and by Tenacious D. Track 5 is Sweet Transvestite, which was performed by Tim Curry. Track 6, I Can Make You a Man, which was also performed by Curry. Track 7 is Hot Patootie, Bless My Soul, which was performed by Meatloaf. Track 8 is I Can Make You a Man. Reprise, which was performed by Curry. Track 9 is Touch a Touch a Touch a Touch Me, 
which was performed by Sarandon, Little Nell, Quinn, Curry, Bostwick, O'Brien, and Brian Engel. Track 10 is Eddie, which was performed by Jonathan Adams, Little Nell, Sarandon, and Curry. Track 11 is the Rose Tint My World medley, which has three parts to it. Floor Show, Fanfare, Don't Dream It, and Wild and Untamed Thing, which was performed by Little Nell, Engel, Boswick, Sarandon, Curry, and Adams. Track 12, I'm Going Home, which was performed by Curry. Track 13, Superheroes, performed by Boswick, Sarandon, and Adams. And then track 14, Science Fiction Double Feature Reprise, which was performed by O'Brien. That concludes our informational portion of today's podcast. I will be taking a short little break here, and when I come back, I will give you guys my song rankings, my album score, and my song opinions. So stay tuned for that coming up. Alrighty, so we'll get into now the second half. Welcome back. Uh, This is going to be my opinion piece. So what I'll do is I'll go through my song rankings from, there's 14 tracks on here, so from 14 to 1, I'll give you guys my opinions on the song, some some notes that that I put down about them, and then I will go into my album score to finish this podcast off, and we'll see how it scored. So we'll just get it right into it. At number 14, I have I Can Make You a Man reprise. So the additional lyrics, considering this is a reprise, so the song was a couple songs before, additional lyrics give it a little more context, but like I said, I'll talk about this song more a little bit later. I feel like I can picture people doing high kicks to this song, like the Rockettes, and I like the wedding electric guitars that were in this one. So at number 13... I have Science Fiction Double Feature Reprise. So essentially, this is just the course of the song. Again, this is a reprise. So I'll talk more about the lyrics when I talk about the actual song. And I will say, though, it has a good sound to an ending song. So even when it was at the beginning, it had a good sound to an ending song. So I liked it. It was good. At number 12, I have Over at the Frankenstein Place. The repetitive piano notes at the beginning of the song make it feel like it's going to be a bit creepy. It is such a simple song, but I guess musicals are hard to transition into, like, a studio album. This song sounds like it has, like, a prominent bass guitar in it, which I like. I like the bass guitars. So far, Richard O'Brien's vocals are my favorite, but obviously I haven't reached my guy yet, so... I'll I'll stick with Richard O'Brien's vocals for now. I mean, we're on track three, though, and I'm pretty sure Richard O'Brien is the only vocalist that I've heard so far. So, uh, other than Barry Boswick, I forgot about Barry Boswick. He's track two. My favorite lyrics for this one were, The darkness must go down the river of night's dreaming. Flow Morpheus slow, let the sun and light come streaming. At number 11, I have I Can Make You a Man. They really took it back with the instrumentals on the opening verse. I like, it was almost like a carnival slash western, not western though, but it was carnivalish, festivalish, like pianos on the second verse of the song. I completely, I feel like I'm going to say this again, I completely understand that this is a musical, but even the lyrics are outlandish for it being a musical. 
which I guess is why this show slash musical was so popular. My favorite lyrics for this one were, he'll do press-ups and chin-ups, do the snatch clean and jerk, he thinks dynamic tension must be hard work. At number 10, I have Sweet Transvestite. I feel like a lot of the songs are almost parodies of other artists, which this whole movie, well, half this movie slash show is just a parody show. Uh, Curry has almost like a fake Elvis sound to it. It's, it's I don't know, it's Elvis, but it's definitely not Elvis. Barry Boswick's part in this song made me chuckle. And the rhyming throughout the lyrics um, on every song, it's so very well put together. The saxophones for this one also add so much to the song. Um, as instrumentally, there's really not much to note in these in, in these songs. And my favorite lyrics for this one were, Let me show you around, maybe play you a sound. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. And there's, there's the rhyming scheme that I was talking about. At number nine, I have I'm Going Home. This is a very funnily slow ode, I guess, with a great combination of piano and saxophone playing. The instrumentals in this song are actually pretty good. Um, and he really, Curry really makes do with the minimal lyrics that he was given for this song. My favorite lyrics for this one were, Cause I've seen blue skies through the tears in my eyes, and I realize I'm going home. At number eight, I have Rose Tint My World. I like this electric guitar intro for this one. But, but you know, um, and I think this is going to come up a few more times. Why, like, there's, there's like, a nasally female vocalist. Uh, I, I, I think it's Little Nell. And she's great, great performer though. I'm not gonna, don't want to take anything away. But why did they use it to start? Like it's somewhat, it's, it's it just got a little bit annoying for me. So uh, the piano though, at least sounded good with the guitar. But then like as the song continued, I was like, I don't know. Like none of the female vocalists really have hit home. Like none of none of them really stood out. I like how they slowed it down for Curry's part. I I guess this is the second part of the medley. I can't believe that, like, just listening to this guy sing, this is the guy that played Pennywise in the original It movie. It's another very upfront pace change when we get into this third part of the medley. I like it. You throw in some electric guitars. It's a very kind of, it was very abrupt ending, though, to, to the medley. My favorite lyrics were, So let the party and the sound rock on. We're gonna shake it till the life has gone. Rose tint my world, keep me safe from my trouble and pain. At number seven, I have the touch a touch a touch a touch me. This is a bit of, and I was like, how do I put this lightly? A bit of a sexual song. So uh, Susan Sarandon definitely isn't a singer. Unfortunately, in addition to that, this song also has that nasally voice. It's slightly obnoxious, but not fully obnoxious. We haven't gotten like a full collaboration yet of the entire cast on a song, uh, so this is probably the closest so far. The song has very good tempo, and my favorite lyrics were, I'll put up no resistance, I want to stay the distance, I've got an itch to scratch, I need assistance. At number six, I have Damn It Janet. 
intro to this song is is funny to me. I don't know why. It 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 just was it was funny to me. This is such a show tune uh, with such a show tune voice. The lyrics and rhyming for this song is so cleverly put together. Again, the string instruments for this one, in addition to track one, they are. It's a very good touch, and they really. Sh- I feel like they show the love between the two characters. My favorite lyrics were: "The road was long, but I ran it, Janet." There's a fire in my heart, and you fan it, Janet. If there's one fool for you, then I am it, Janet. At number five, I have Superheroes. The piano intro for this song makes it seem like it's going to be a very serious song. Then you got that like twangy guitar riff that's thrown in there as well that adds very, very good tone. Where, like, uh, I said it again, where did they find these female vocalists? I feel like I should just skip over that every time I say it in my notes, though. It's, it's, it's implied at this point. The song has the perfect tempo, and it's such a good tone. I like the instrumental part that you get, like, a, I think it was, like, two-thirds through. My favorite lyrics were, I've done a lot, God knows I've tried, to find the truth, I've even lied, but all I know is down inside, I'm bleeding. At number four, I have Eddie. From, like, the first verse, or at least from the first verse, this is, I felt like this was going to be kind of like a sad song. Uh, I guess uh, I, I said this a little bit er- well, I will say it on a later song coming up. Uh, no spoiler alerts, though, as, as I'm sure we've, well, we've gone through the track listing of what songs are going to be coming up. I guess, you know, Eddie slash Meatloaf does have an important part if he gets his own song that is written about him. Um, it would be very fun to hear Meatloaf sing this song. I, I wonder if he actually, like, covered it at some point. I know he he did uh, another song that is coming up, uh, and I might say a little bit later on. He did that at live so I wonder if he did this one. This is another very fun-paced song. It's honestly probably the second best song lyrically. It's it's very close, but I I think it's it's uh one of the one of the better songs lyrically. And my favorite lyrics were when Eddie said he didn't like his Teddy, you knew he was a no good kid. But when he threatened your life with a switchblade knife, what a guy it makes you cry, and I did. At number three, I have science fiction double feature. I like how calm this song starts uh, with what I believe was an acoustic guitar. The vocals for this song, I, I had no other really way to describe it other than mediocrely good. So, like, they are, they're mediocre, but they're good because they're mediocre almost. The song has a really good tempo with the string instruments added in. There's so many good pop culture references and cameo appearances in this song. The horns, uh, the saxophones, make me curious about this as an opening song for a theater show. I would be interested to hear how it is performed or or played out. Um, This song makes it feel like it is like breaking the fourth wall. So if you're not familiar with what that means, is like, so when you watch like a movie, the three walls are, the fourth wall would be like, if them in the movie talk to you a good example is like ferris bueller um at the end when he's like at that end scene and deadpool is breaking the fourth wall my favorite lyrics were and flash gordon was there in silver underwear claude rains was the invisible man then something went wrong for fey ray and king kong they got caught in a celluloid jam at number two i have time warp 
The electric guitars in show tunes, I feel like, always bodes well. And show tunes is a very loose, I feel like very, very loosely said, because this is not show tunes whatsoever, but it kind of is. The male vocalist, which is O'Brien, surprisingly, is again, like I said, mediocrely good. I feel like this song gets played at Halloween parties a lot, which makes sense because the Rocky Horror Picture Show is considered a Halloween-y movie, I guess. The one female vocalist that has a nasally voice that's a bit too much for me, which is a shame because I like her lyrics in the song. And this is the song that I was talking about that Meatloaf has performed live before. But my favorite lyrics for this one were, Well, I was walking down the street just to having a think when a snake of a guy gave me an evil wink. And of course, we got number one. It should be no surprise if you know anything about me. Obviously, I'm going to pick the Meatloaf, Hot Patootie, Bless My Soul as my number one song. This is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> Finally, I got to it when I was listening to the soundtrack. By far, obviously, this is my opinion. By far the best vocals and the best instrumentals. I do not see whatsoever how this song fits in with the musical or with the plot, uh, but I don't care. It's too much because it's so great. The saxophone instrumental for this one is awesome. I feel like Meatloaf got the longest song, and he deserves it. Uh, and my favorite lyrics were, Whatever happened to Saturday night, when you dressed up sharp and you felt all right, doesn't seem the same since cosmic light came into my life. I thought I was divine. I almost wanted to sing the song because it's such a catchy song. But that is then my song rankings. So let's get into the album score. So what I do, I give it a score out of 10 on lyrics, vocals, instrumentals, on my opinion. So uh, lyrically, I gave it a 7.5, pointing to Hot Patootie, Bless My Soul, Time Warp, and Eddie. Vocally, I gave this one a 7. Now, the problem is, is that I could give Meatloaf's vocals like a 9.5. But the problem is, is that the female vocalists all would get like a 5.5, 6. And then we got like the 7, 7.5, 8s in between. So 7 is probably what it would average out to. With obviously Hoppatooty, Bless My Soul, Science Fiction, Double Feature, and Damn It, Janet as the songs that I pointed to vocally. And instrumentally, I gave this one a 7. Again, Hoppatooty Bless My Soul would be up there with like eight and a half, nine, but some of them got pulled down. Hoppatooty is, is a notable song. Rose Tint My World and Superheroes were what I thought were the noticeable songs. Those scores will get multiplied by 2 when we go into the total score. But next is the chart position scores. So I give it a U.S. chart score and a U.K. chart score. It unfortunately got zero on the UK chart score. I didn't believe it charted in the top 100. And in the US, it peaked at number 49, so that scored it three points. Singles, it also gets a single score. It did not have any charting singles in the US, so it got zero points, unfortunately. And then the last score that I give it is the album score. It got, uh, or not the album, the album cover score, which it had a very catchy cover, so I gave it an 8 out of 10. So total score, it... Uh, unfortunately had a disappointing 54 out of 100, which, you know, I think the, the it's a very good soundtrack, but it's not, compared, comparing it, the soundtrack to, like, a studio album, it just isn't all there. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. 
this was a fun one to do, you know, just a week after Halloween. I just saw a movie about a week, about not a week ago, about a month and a half ago, uh, again, for Halloween. So it's, it's an interesting one. Next week's podcast will be a game of first words, guest starring my wife. That's an interesting one. So if you are unfamiliar with that, she chooses a couple albums from my collection and writes down the first word for each of the songs, and I have to try to guess the album based off of just having that knowledge. That's a fun one. The next album podcast will be Kansas's, Kansas's, yeah, that's right, Kansas's Left Overture in a couple weeks. If you're not already, go follow me on Instagram at Dorney's Vinyl. Voting for season six will be coming up soon at in the new year, so we only got a few more weeks for that. If you're interested in buying some vinyl records for your own collection, starting your collection whatsoever, I got an eBay store, Dorney's Vinyl. I got about 150 listings or so up there. Uh, hopefully at one point I'll be able to get it up to 250. Um, I got a lot of a lot of albums to list, so if you're interested in that, I can you know go 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 ahead and, and check it out. If not, I will talk to you guys next week.